Welcome to the Hero Realm. I'm Josh Brown. I'm Nick Rush. And after about a two-week hiatus, we are not two-week, two, week, two, two months, months, yeah. We have a lot to go over. So let's get started. So before we get into the meat of the episode, we do have a little bit of news to go over. So first of all, as you guys know, our last episode, we did go, we did start going over the Winchesters, the first season, and we are, what, seven episodes in? Mm -hmm. So there's no word yet on if it will be renewed for a second season. I mean, I really hope it does, but as we've noticed, a lot of it actually technically isn't canon to what we know from Supernatural. Right. Because, yeah, that. John didn't know about the monsters and stuff. Right. And I mean, from what we've seen so far, and we'll get into it, get into it more when we get into talking about what where we left off. But his dad knew about it, but didn't really want John to have that same life. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Which we did know about that in Supernatural. True. Yeah, because the only time that we saw Henry and Supernatural was what in the past or in the present against Abaddon, yeah. if I remember correctly. Which, so, yeah. and then Star Girl, which will also be going over practically the second half of that of that season, it is actually the final season of Star Girl. Yep. The only saving grace that could happen, which isn't technically known yet, is if HBO Max picks it up to continue it. Yeah. Whereas Superman Lois, the fate of it isn't exactly known, but if they decide to continue it, it could be possibly picked up by Netflix, which would be kind of odd because most of the newer DC shows actually went over to DC Universe and then over to HBO Max. But also in terms of what we have coming up, now, Winchesters won't be back until January 24th, so if so, the next time we record, we could just be covering Black Adam and any other news, mm-hmm. if any more news comes up. But aside from that, yes, Winchesters comes back January 24th. The Flash final season, which I want to say is only, is actually, I think, a shortened season, if I'm not mistaken. But it comes up February 8th. And then Superman Lois and the series premiere of Gotham Knights will be March 14th. Right. So we do have at least stuff coming up, but considering we don't know the fates, considering the CW. Yeah. And then movie-wise, we'll cover see, Black or Black Adam in the next episode. And then Black Panther will be covered when it comes out on Disney Plus probably right. sometime in January. Mm-hmm. February, we have um, Ant-Man. Yes, and then in March we have Shazam. Right. So that should be all the news. I think this theme was actually altered in season two to include Lord Zed. Oh, yeah. 
Or is that there? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, I know we don't normally talk Power Rangers on here, but there's a reason. So, what was it? About a month or so ago now? Yeah. But we basically lost to, I would actually say, was a bit of a childhood icon mm -hmm. for not only us, but all of Ranger Nation, but Jason David Frank. Original Green Ranger. And so many more. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that was shocking to hear that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I remember the day that it, the day that the article came out. I remember I was scrolling through Facebook and happened to see people on one of the Power Rangers Facebook groups talking about it, and I'm thinking, what exactly happened? Yeah, it's, you can't believe everything you read right there. So you're like skeptical, and you're like, okay, I need to do some research. Make yeah, sure this is true. And then you ended up sending me the article later in the day. Yeah. And then I pretty much knew it to be true after that, because TMZ is yeah. one of the more reliable right. news sources, since normally if any celebrity deaths or anything like that come up, they're normally the first. Uh... Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, and knowing Jason David Frank to be somewhat of a family man, he actually committed suicide. I know. And from the way the story went, and I haven't heard too many alterations of the story, but it was at a hotel, and he and his he and his wife were going through a divorce, and they had an argument, and apparently something was said that pretty much threw him over the edge, and he pretty much hung himself in his hotel room. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just him alone, as far as I know, throughout just the entire series as a whole. And I really hope they do some sort of a tribute in the 30th anniversary episode. Yeah. But he was actually in roughly at least 230 plus episodes. Yeah, more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, they even did a Legacy of Power episode in Dino Thunder, which, of course, led to him being what we know now as his last Ranger color. Right. And... I mean, it's a little bittersweet. I was actually just watching the first movie within the last week, and just knowing that Jason David Frank is gone, it was a bit bittersweet to watch. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that, aside from that, he even had a cameo in the 2017 movie. That's right, at the very end. Yes. Him and Kimmy. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but also the Turbo movie. And he was Ranger slash Mentor and Dino Thunder. And then even the last episode that he appeared in, which was the Dimensions in Danger mm -hmm. team up. And that we pretty much saw. I don't know why it was like this, but his Master Morpher. I want to say it may have just been because he wasn't read for the entire season on this one. But his Master Morpher didn't have Turbo Red. Ooh. It had green, white. Zia Red and Black. Hmm. The Turbo Red was absent from that. Hmm. And I want to say it may just be because the original Rangers left like halfway through the season. Right. So, but still, just knowing how, how long he's been part of the show, I mean, honestly, he was only supposed to be in roughly 12 episodes to mm -hmm. begin with. Where's and that was... Fan favorite that they brought him 
Yeah, apparently, and I don't know if he was joking about this. I was watching one interview that he had, and apparently letters were coming in to the producers and whatnot that because of Tommy no longer being on the show, their kids weren't going to school, they weren't doing, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. so we have to bring him back. Right. And that's where he came back in Return of an Old Friend. His time as Green Ranger lasted till Green No More, the two-parter, and then came back as White Ranger about, I think, three or four episodes later. So, yeah, first recurring character, then main character. Left for a few seasons. We first saw him back in Forever Red, and then after that, Dino Thunder for the entire season. Yep. And it's just better. It's just bittersweet to think that 21 years after Thai Trang passed away, mm-hmm. because there was only one other Red Ranger that I know of that committed suicide, and that was Pua Mag- Magasiva, who played um, Ninja Storm Red Ranger. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had. Um, I don't remember the actor's name, but the guy who played the Red Ranger in Wild Force that then came on to play Decker in Power Rangers Samurai. So, when we lose a member of Ranger Nation, especially an icon like Jason David Frank, it's... I mean, he will be missed, but he has left a huge legacy to live up to. Mm -hmm. And... Like a lot of Ranger fans have been saying ever since, rest in power. Now I'd like to take a short break from the podcast to pretty much mention a way that you guys can help us. Now with a small or large donation every month, you can help us to keep help us to keep bringing this podcast to you. Whether it be every week or... Well, as we know, our schedules have been clashing lately, so maybe not every week, but whenever we can. Now, right now, we do have working equipment, mainly microphones, computer, basically what we need. But we would like to also maybe live stream or even maybe just add some differences and or updates to the podcast. So, like we said... Just a small or large monthly donation every month, and the link to the support is in the description of the episode. So now we have the second half of Stargirl, of the final season of Stargirl. Yes, from, say, episodes seven um, or six. I think last one that we did was six, but... Give yeah, me another so seven through thirteen. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because I want to say seven was the start of that two-parter. I think. Chapter seven is the start of the two-parter. Okay, so, so yeah, that's where. Okay, so it kind of has um, where back then they were looking for um, the one girl's brother. What was her name? Uh, Jenny, I believe. Yes, Jenny. They were looking for her brother. And they kind of find him in this Helix Institute, which will remember that Skull guy who we thought... Was going to be the main villain for right. this season. Yes. So he, he's in he's here at this Helix Institute. And so they come to try to find him here. 
and they find how he's being his powers are being suppressed. So they think you know they're doing some sort of experiments on or whatnot. But in reality, in this place, it's actually they're here voluntarily because they know that their powers are so dangerous that they're keeping them suppressed to safely protect humanity. So it's not a prison. And this Bones guy that we see is not a villain. He's got himself a, a, a you know, a, what do you call it? A, um, his, it's not a, it's, it's his, you know, his... Persona, maybe? Yeah, his he's got some sort of mutation or something yeah. to where his skin is like translucent. Mm-hmm. And it's so he can, he looks like a skeleton because he's, right. you can see straight through to his bones. So, and he's kind of like a mentor kind of thing. So he's not a villain. So when they see him, they finally find the girl, the girl's brother. They are able to rescue. Well, not rescue him, but to teach him more, what kind of how to control his powers. And, but in the meantime, before that, they like something happens to where it sends Pat and shade to the Shadowlands. Right. As they're trying to free him and his energy is trying to learn how to control his energy. So it sends them into this, the Shadowlands where they, you know, come across who they think, you know, looks like you know, family members of them, but they got to remember that it's just not them. They, you know, that's it's not... mainly just visions to, it's pretty much teaching them both a lesson, more yeah, or less. Right. And I'm knocking stuff over. <laughs> Oh, so um, so on, so they finally are able to be pulled from the Shadowlands, and then we come to um, a cape figure, who we see is the one who's behind these monitors that we've been seeing throughout the season. So, because we're thinking it's this Bones guy, but right. it's, not, it's this other this figure. At this point, we don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's the one behind. Everything has been going on, monitoring everybody and all the uh, the the deaths sort of that's been happening. So the, now they're trying to figure out who this guy is, which we fit, we finally see in a flashback when the Iceman, what's his name, Iceman or Icicle, Icicle, who when he thought was killed in the last season, mm-hmm. he melts into the sewers and is able to reform. So. It ends up being Icicle this whole time, who is this cloaked figure, right? Who is able to, who was able to regenerate back to himself, so he never really died. And then, let's see. So, and also to go back into that two-parter a little bit. Also, at the end, Shade is now pretty much a bit of a mentor for Jenny and her brother. And basically, so after that, we mainly get into, I believe the next chapter was titled The Monsters, if I remember correctly. Yes. And just to give an overview of that, once I find it here again, let's see. So... Yeah, after Pat and Courtney return, Courtney basically apologized to the JSA, and they tracked the killer down to the McKent house, which this is still the fact of Courtney wanting Cameron to be part of the team. Right. And I believe at some point, doesn't a whole fight ensue to where 
Cameron's grandfather ends up having a heart attack. Yes. That episode. So, yeah, mainly everyone is sort of open to it, at least in, um, except for Rick. Mm-hmm. But also we find that the hourglass has actually been affecting him from where the limiter right. was removed. And I'm going to say right now, I didn't trust Sylvester from the start, mm-hmm. but we'll get into that when right. we get farther th- through the rest of these episodes. And yeah, it's mainly just the fact that Rick knows his limits, but the entire point of getting rid of the limiter was because it was all out of whack from Mm -hmm. the events with Eclipso last season. And so, yeah, mainly, so just a rough overview of that. A fight does ensue at the McKent house, and Cameron's grandfather does end up having a heart attack. But we also end up finding out that, was it that episode or later on that we find out that Icicle, that Icicle ends up killing um, Sportsmaster and Tigress? That is in coming up. Okay. Yeah. So, at this point, though... We had thought that maybe it was Icicle that actually killed Gambler, mm-hmm. and well, we knew it didn't necessarily harm Sylvester, but then again, slash marks, we kind of find out the well, Ultra Human Night was later as yeah, well, later. wasn't it? Yes. Okay. But like right now, it's like we at the end of this, we see that giant gorilla. Right. So then now they they think that this. Gorilla is the ultra humanite who mm-hmm. was his brain was implanted with that of another like some sort of actress. Yeah, and uh, so now now they think that this is the ultra human. So now they gotta try to learn how to defeat this gorilla who they think at who is the at this point they don't know that icicle's back. Right, because before they find out, yeah, icicle does kill the um, two. The girl's parents. Uh, yeah. Names the um, um, Artemis. Yes. The yeah, sportsmaster and Tigress. Yes. He freezes them and kills them. Yes. And so now the um the ultra humanite thing they they try now they're going to try to come up with a plan to defeat him and then they find out um, once they're down in the sewers that they find out that the the real the, how icicle is back they, mm-hmm. they discover that he's back so yeah i gotta deal with two people now they're trying to fight and then um they the ultra humanite we find out later that the gorilla is not ultra humanite yeah the gorilla is actually dragon king yes dragon king so his brain has been put in this gorilla right and he's dragon king and the ultra humanite is actually Sylvester. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been kind of shady this whole time. Like, yeah, I really trust him. How did he come back? Right. Well, we find out that's how he came back. He's the ultra humanite. His real body is still being kept alive somewhere, and this brain has been implanted into him. So now, and the reason he's able to use the staff is because Courtney pretty much 
trusted it trusted him with it he believed she believed that it was really him so the staff also believed it was really him so he was able to still use the staff right but then mainly they realize um mainly sylvester's advice throughout mainly the fact of practically giving rick the idea to remove the limiter I mean, the only person he somewhat helped, really, was helping Courtney to level up early in the season. Mm-hmm. But all the other advice that he gave throughout the season was more deathly than actually even helping. Right. So, it does get to the point that Sylvester actually... Well, Pat... Well, Sylvester goes to the McKent house because they believe that he's actually going to go to take on Icicle himself. Pat follows him, and eventually they find. Well, eventually Pat figures out that the ultra humanite's brain is actually in Sylvester, mm-hmm. and Sylvester buries him alive. Yes, <laughs> but he's able to dig his way out. Mm-hmm. And then in the final episode, when they go to battle, they um, uh, Cameron ends up shattering Icicle. Yeah, and. And his grandmother. <laughs> and his grandmother gets crushed by a car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it just leaves him with his grandpa left. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, like, leave town. Like, they vow, like, they're they're not going to be evil. And, you know, they're going to... They're not like the... The, the grandmother was bad. Yeah. And so it was obviously Lysicle. So they, they're not going to be... So they end up leaving town. The ultra-humanite... Well, Sylvester. Yeah. Is, is defeated. Yeah. And at least in terms of the whole ultra-humanite's brain is brain-dead. Right. But we see a little sight near the end that Sylvester's brain is actually still somewhere. Yes, his brain is still being kept somewhere. And then Courtney does keep her vow to take the letter that the gambler wrote to his daughter, which... I was actually searching just a minute ago to see if it was the same actress that played Becky Sharp in Flash, and it's not. Yeah. So, but it does make sense that the Becky Sharp thing and whatnot, because the gambler, luck, everything between the two connecting. But from that, then we get... Uh, Pat and Barbara actually take Mike to meet his, his mom. His mom. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's what, 10, ten years, years later? Yes. So Shade is actually giving a tour of a museum that basically has history of the JSA. JSA yep. Which we do know that the current GSA of Stargirl, now Star Woman. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is still active, hence a hence Flash coming in at the very end. Yep, Jay Garrick. Yes. So one thing that I say from that, yes, it did leave it open to continue yeah, the series. Says their adventures are not over. So, <laughs> but they also did kind of end it to where it was pretty much a perfect series finale. Mm-hmm. Just like S.H.I.E.L.D. should have done back when they had their season five and they yeah. got renewed for two more seasons. Yeah, yeah. It was a good ending and they kept going. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically all for Stargirl unless mm-hmm. they pick it back up, which, like I said, if it does get picked up, picked back up, it would have to be HBO Max that mm-hmm. would actually continue that. 
but I well, I mean, for the just the season itself and even series as a whole, what would you as a series? Yeah, if we're going to see. I'll go seven out of ten. Okay, I'd have to say the season was good. Didn't really live up to what I expected. Ooh. So I'd have to give the season at least a seven. Series as a whole, though, I would, even though filler episodes where it didn't really connect with yeah. the story at all, I'd have to give it at least a seven point seven. Okay, okay, that's odd. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to yeah. go at least between a seven and a half and an eight, yeah. so at least seven point seven. Okay. So yeah, that's everything for Star Girl. So I know it's been a while on this one, but now we have episodes two through seven of the Winchesters. Yes. Yeah, so back in way back when in episode two, way <laughs> back in October. Yeah. They this this one they deal with the monster called the Latunda. So it's a uh, an abusive mother who was transformed into a monster which consumes disobedient children. So they, you know, that's like. It's kind of like the first season of Supernatural. It's like a monster of the week with, right. with an overlapping storyline of the Akrita. Mm-hmm. So it's basically dealing with them fighting this Latunda yeah. until they are able to defeat it. And then the Akrita take its essence and mm-hmm. absorb it so they can strengthen their queen. Right. And then the next one is the, the, the monster, and this one's the uh, Bora Baba. An Indian boogeyman who lures children into using items that they are seeking. Yeah, I think for the little girl it was a teddy bear. For the boy, it was her his sister, and yeah. then for Mary, wasn't it Samuel's hat? Yeah, yeah. So because she's seeking his father, so, right? Yeah. And again, they were able to defeat the monster, and the Akrita uh, take its essence, absorb a piece of its essence. Again, to be, um, to give it to the leader. Who in this episode, um, we it's revealed that the leader is possessing Rock and Roxy, the local DJ. Or so we think until so we a think, farther yes. episode. <laughs> yes, at this point we think, okay, there's your queen. Yes. So now we put a face to it. So that's a, at this point that's what we think it is. Yeah. Next episode, the monster in this one is a Mars Neto, a celebrity and deity deity who possesses one of the group members so this one um deals with with the uh it's grief kind of yeah it's basically takes place at a psych ward yeah and one of the members in there is infused with the power of mars basically a roman god of war and at that point, John and we find out that Carlos was, is actually a veteran yes. as well. Yep. And he pretty much the this god of well, this Roman god of war mainly feeds on the grief of mainly other soldiers and mm-hmm. whatnot who feel that they're at fault for one of their members' deaths. Right. So he practically brings out John's faults, which, again, the series isn't technically canon, but we've kind of seen past that. Right, yeah. So, especially with the fact that we get Dean pretty much telling the story. So. Right. Yeah, he's telling the story. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one is deals with the Jinn, which we've 
seen before. Mm-hmm. But the difference is this gen ends up being a half gen, which is the son of the girl who I can't think of her name. Ada. Ada. It's Ada's son. So now they know that these monsters have kind of been being used by the Akrita. Mm-hmm. So once they figure out it's who it is, they know that, of course, they're not going to fight their son. So they convince him to get far away that he came from the Akrita so they won't be able to use his powers to control thing, you know, control him. Right. But, I mean, they do eventually get through to him, but in the process of them going to the sites that have been practically patterned within this episode, Mary actually ends up getting, what, bitten or stung by an Akrita? Yeah, one of them. Because then they pretty much have to inquire the half-gen's help to pretty much free Mary from what could end up being a creative control, more or less. So I almost feel like as we've been going through, especially when we what we end up seeing in this most recent episode, the connection between Mary and John, of course, has been growing stronger as time goes on. But, yeah, what we pretty much see from the rest of this episode is they do free Mary from the accretive control. And then we get more insight, not a lot of insight into what the accretive are doing, but enough to still give us an idea that they're mainly, of course, the main enemy of this season. And then the next episode... This, it was mainly a call from a friend of Mary's mother, which pretty much at first, just from slash marks and whatnot, pretty much makes us think that it's a werewolf, which werewolves, of course, we have seen before. But come to find out, it's actually from when this person was a hunter, her group, well... I don't remember the creature itself, the name of it, but it's basically more or less a ghost possessing people Mm. with revenge in mind. So it's basically the ghost of one of the members of that group because they left him to die in the cave when there was a cave-in while the rest of them got out. Yeah. And from that point, the ghost does eventually possess John, and he and Mary go at it, yeah. and, well, yeah. <laughs> so that's about yeah. the entirety of that episode. And then the last episode here, um, they, fi- they they find the, the box they've been looking for. They, it's called the Ostium. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, able, it's, a, it's a portal that can banish monsters from this plane of existence. And so they so they know they can do that with the Akrita. They can once they vanquish the queen, the rest would die. Right. So all they gotta do is vanquish the queen, which at this point I still think is Roxy, and then they can use this box to vanquish her, and then the rest will die. Well, they it, they need to the box needs to be recharged, but they don't know how to do it. So they summon the ghost of Henry to reveal how they can do it. And at this point, he can also say his goodbyes to. Uh, John, because mm-hmm. there was never closure there, which ends up being the same guy who played him in Supernatural. 
Yeah, which I think the whole thing with the closure in this way, I think it's more of a case that technically he didn't die in the, well, technically in the past, yeah. but more or less in the present. Yeah, because we see him time jumping in Supernatural. Right. So technically, yes, he's dead, but he's dead roughly in this show's future. Right, well, it would be in the future because yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's saying yeah, because we see him in Supernatural. So mm -hmm. yeah, so now, so now they're so able to get the box recharged, and they use it on who on who the on Roxy. It takes sucks her in, but the creator don't die. So this is now obviously they've determined that she is not the queen. Right. So, but we do see at the very end that. Whatever's being dug up is actually for whoever the queen actually it is. Actually, is the queen. So now that they're, they're going to, they're still trying to serve their queen, and now that's how it ends. Ends on is this is not it reveals that this is the role of the queen, and she's still alive. And now they got to figure out how to stop her. And before we move on, there actually is a review from this past episode that I actually want to read that I actually don't agree with. Oh. Yeah, apparently this person gave it a 3 out of 10 for this episode. Hmm. And they say a 3 is being generous. Barely a 3. This show is so slow, makes no sense, the acting is so stiff, and everyone has this weird attitude that is annoying and not necessary. Hmm. They need to come up with something that feels like the original Supernatural. Because watching this, I feel like I'm watching something completely different. How do they keep allowing other boring shows stay on for, for many, many seasons, yet cancel all of the good ones, like the DC ones and other superhero shows? They're also trying way too hard to be woke. <laughs> it's just week after week trying to feel bad for these lifeless characters with bad acting. <laughs> Very bad acting. <laughs> and they know they're trying to make the wardrobe match the time, but mm -hmm. even that hurts my eyes. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense why they cancel so many shows that had potential, but give something something like this a chance. Well, for one, when Jensen decided that he wanted to do this series, wasn't it... I don't think it was really much with trying to make it canon as it was trying to tell the story of how John and Mary met. Right. And, I mean, okay, so talking about shows being canceled... Supernatural wasn't canceled. They chose yeah. to end it. I mean, 15 years. They got a good run. Exactly. And, okay, Flash, I believe they chose to end after season nine, which if, if they had gone 10 seasons, it would have gone full circle. But we had the yeah. future article way too many times already. Right. Which some shows, I understand, some shows do get canceled a lot of times contract negotiation exactly i get that but other shows do get canceled prematurely right and so you know I, so I, I mean like gifted for instance yeah. was it canceled or did they or did it, they choose no, to I think that canceled. and then black lightning i want to say was canceled supergirl i think they chose to end after yeah. six seasons which i mean when you think about it, melissa benoist has a child now right. so and then Stargirl, that, I think that was announced as canceled. Yeah. But that's also because of the CW being under roughly right. new management now. And Arrow, they chose 
because honestly, I will say the storyline for Arrow did kind of get a bit stale after they came full circle. Yeah, once you get, yeah. After season five. Yeah. It, which, you know, there's only so many storylines you can tell for a show. Which exactly. You don't, you know, but it's just, yeah. So I understand some shows do get canceled prematurely. And right. I just think that the CW's peak is in its past, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, when, you know, Arrow was still going, Flash was starting out, and that's like when it hit its peak. And then it, the, um, the crisis. Mm-hmm. The, the last crisis we had yeah. was it, and then it's just, it seems like it's gone downhill since the crisis. Yeah, and honestly, after watching Crisis and everything they did with it, even bringing in Tom Ellis Lucifer, oh, yeah. it's been that was phenomenal. Everything they, I don't think they can really do much more. You at least in it. crossovers, yeah. so it, everything that ever since that was the high point, and then ever since then it's just gone downhill. I mean, I would say besides Crisis, I'd say the number two spot on crossovers probably has to go to elseworlds because that actually gave us a chance to see oliver and barry living the others role (laughs) i mean barry's iteration of you have failed this city Mm -hmm. that i mean but yeah crisis you can't top right unless they actually go into you said that at one point crisis is technically like a three-part thing with that being like the middle part, and then a final oh, part yeah, being yeah. another yeah. different another different villain, but with the fact of everything that's gone on throughout the CW, I don't even know if they'd be able to do that no. even now, because there's so many different heroes, and even Legends they ended on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sad that that one did. That was I still enjoyed that one. Very yeah, much. I mean, I'd say the final season of Legends was probably the best season yeah. out of everything. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's everything for Winchesters, and like we did say at the beginning, Winchesters will be back on January 24th. So, yeah, I don't have a new calendar up yet, so that's everything for Winchesters. So, this was actually supposed to be for our Halloween special, but we'll lead into our Halloween special, but this first is our reviews of Hocus Pocus 1 and 2. Oh, yes. Watch it every year. The, uh, first one has to do with uh what's um it's back it said it's the first one was released in 1993 yes okay so it starts out in the set in the 1600s mm-hmm. and the Santa sisters are luring children to their house to feed on their souls so they can stay young yeah and they eventually get caught they get hung but the she as they're dying the uh Winifred casts a spell that whenever somebody would light a black flame, a virgin would light a black flame candle on Halloween Eve, that they were able to be brought back. Well, yes. Three hundred years later, they a um, bunch of kids go to the museum, which is now a museum, their house, mm-hmm. find the black flame candle, light it, and they come back. Yes. And they again trying to steal the souls of children to stay alive forever, and it's just funny to see them trying to see modern technology right. from the eyes of 300 years ago. Yeah. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, it's a river. No, it's a road. You know, yeah, and especially when we see their brooms, and I think it's Mary's is just a vacuum cleaner. A vacuum cleaner. cleaner. <laughs> yes, a mop, a mop, a broom, and a vacuum cleaner. Yes. So, yeah, they're trying to get used to all this 
in modern, well, 1993 modern. Which mm. Now we look back and we're like, wow, that's old. Right. Um, so they go, so then they um, end up finally capture, or getting all the children to come back to the house. And as they're, uh, they have to do it before sunrise. Right. Because then they turn to dust. They, they capture the book and they take off with it. So then they go after him and they lead to a cemetery and which forgot to mention the, uh, the cat Binks. Yeah. They're the cat is the talking cat, which was turned into a, a cat mm-hmm. back in 16, the 1600. So it's been guarding the place for 300 years. Yeah. And they, uh, they get to the cemetery and try to uh, get the potion before sunrise, but they're too late. They turn end up turning into dust, and they cause this, and so all their spells they did were undone. So that means the cat is no longer the cat. The, he's free. Right. His spell it ends. He's free. He's reunited with his sister, and the uh, and they also awaken uh, one of the um, ex boyfriends of Winnie of Billy Butcherson. Yep. To come and help them, the zombie. Mm-hmm. But he's a good zombie. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does not like her, so he helps them. But then he ends up going back into his grave at the end. Yes. And then they all walk off into the sunset. And yeah. Yeah, and for me, like you said, you watch it every year. I watch it every year. It's one of my favorites. I actually went back and watched it for the first time in years mm-hmm. before going to watch the second one. Yeah. And... I will honestly say there were so many things that I had forgotten from well, the original. Yeah. Huh. And I mean, of course, the second one pretty much had quite a few callbacks to the original. Oh, yeah. But I'd have to say I thoroughly enjoyed watching the original, just being able to rewatch it before going in to watch the second right. one. Yeah, it gets a 10 out of 10 for me because it's, it's one of my classics. It's, I watch it every year. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'd have to... Now, for me, Nightmare Before Christmas may still be my top, but Hocus Pocus now takes place as a close second. Well, are we ranking Halloween movies, though? Because if we're going to do that, i got to put Halloween to number one. <laughs> now, I'm just mainly <laughs> saying what it would be for me in terms of just Disney in general. Oh, okay. okay. But, yeah, for me, it's basically just with the Disney Halloween movies, it's Basically, Hocus Pocus now has a close second to me. But oh, what about Under Wraps? It's actually been forever since I've watched Under Wraps. <laughs> they actually made two sequels. Yeah. Which was funny because the original is not on Disney Plus. Right, but the two se- but the, <laughs> they're, they're... is the first one that's on Disney Plus more of a remake then, or? Yes, it is a remake. Uh, the, the the it was a remake and then the sequel to the remake. Okay, so that's what it was. Yeah, the original is not on Disney Plus, but then the last two years they've had they were the remake and then the sequel to it come out. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, now on to the second Hocus Pocus. Mm. This one, at least for most people, was highly anticipated. Yes, and actually, before the movie, well, about five days before the movie came out, all the way through Halloween. Walgreens actually ran a promotion of spend like $20 and Halloween merchandise and get a free Hocus Pocus 2 poster. Hmm. 
And the reason being behind that, because Walgreens is in the movie. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, the second one pretty much follows different main characters, but we still have the release of the Sanderson sisters. Let's do another Black Flame Candle. Yes. And it actually starts this time in Salem when it would have been Winnie's 16th birthday. Yeah. When they become witches. Yeah. And they end up running into the woods after whatever and then and meet another witch in the woods, which gives them the book. The one they call Mother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, we're, they were always told not to use... What spell was it? The Magic Mag Magnum... The Magicka Maximum or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that one. Yes. Well, this time around, they're looking to use that spell. Yes. But there's actually one point they get lured into a Walgreens, and hmm. of course... Now, I don't think all Walgreens employees actually like that iteration of a Walgreens, even though it was a Walgreens in Rhode Island. But I actually just like the fact of Walgreens getting a look in a movie. Right. Because apparently, from what IMDb says, the Walgreens being in there is referenced to a deleted scene in the first one where Winnie and her sisters were shopping for ingredients to make candy crows. Which I'm not sure where they went shopping. Yeah, but it didn't say. So, but yeah. But going through this movie... And also, we know that Bette Midler is still a great singer, considering mm -hmm. Put a Spell on You in the first one. And I never expected one way or another to right. be the chosen song for this movie. But, yeah, still just great. And I would actually have to give oh. this one at least a 9 out of 10. But... Yeah, because they end up... Well, toward the end, they, she uses the the spell right which cost the the one the only reason they were not told to, to use it because it turns it takes away something you love you care for most so when she uses it to become all powerful her sisters were gone right so she realizes her mistake and says you know i want to be with my sisters so the the, the girls here are are themselves finding out that they're witches they're able to cast a spell to send Winnie to be with her sister, so then she vanishes to be with them. Exactly. And of course, we see Billy Butcherson's back. Yes. He's still hanging out in his grave. He was, <laughs> he was just chilling. Yeah. Burying him back. And he loses his head at one point, yeah. but... It happens. Yeah. I mean, he is a zombie after all. Yeah. So, yeah, the way this movie ended, though, and just one scene that was in there in particular... Uh, they could do a third one. Bette Midler has already said that she's open to a third one. Yeah. But, yes, we know the Sandersons are gone, but there is another Black Flame Candle. Right. So that could be brought back again. Exactly. So, what would you rate the second one? Would you give it? Uh, at least a 9 out of 10. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. I enjoyed it. It, it did a lot of nostalgia, but it was also good on its own, so I right. would give it a 9. Yeah. So that's really everything for Hocus Pocus 1 and 2, unless they come out with a third one. Oh, yeah. And now... Oh, yes. To continue what would have been our Halloween special. Correct. <laughs> we're covering Halloween ends. Yes. Yeah. 
still a ringtone on my phone. I've not changed it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I usually just keep it up for Halloween, but I'm just keeping it on year-round. Right. So, this one. It starts on Halloween 2019. There's this uh, boy named Corey who's babysitting his uh, kid who pulls a prank on him by locking him in the closet. And when he's trying to, you know, kick the door open to break out, he accidentally hits the kid with the door, mm-hmm. knocking the kid off the balcony and sending him to his death right in front of his parents. Yes. So Corey is cleared of manslaughter because it was an accident, but he's having to live with this guilt of what he did. Right. So three years later, he's uh, working at his um, stepfather's salvage yard. Mm-hmm. And on he gets um, caught by some bullies who are harassing him, but um, Lori steps in and stops him, and you know brings him to the doctor, which because he got injured in this right. fight, brings him to the doctor to heal his wounds, and that's where he meets um, Lori's granddaughter Allison, mm-hmm. and they instantly have a connection. Um, and then um, he. Uh, has a, and so they have a connection, but then he ends up having an argument with her and runs into the sewers where he comes face to face with Michael Myers, who has been hiding out there since what happened four years ago. Right. And he starts choking him and then all of a sudden lets him go, like looks into his eyes and then just lets him go. And they're like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. So he, uh, once he runs out of the sewer, he's harassed by a homeless man. And the and so a struggle ensues, and Corey ends up accidentally stabbing the homeless man and kills him. Yeah. So he runs. So again, another accidental death. <laughs> so he uh, ends up going on a date with Allison. They're confronted by her ex boyfriend, who is a police officer, who starts harassing them both, uh, which makes Corey mad. Later on, Corey lures this guy to the sewer, where Michael, who's still weak. Uh, ends up killing the guy and Corey is happy about it. Yeah. So he's starting to change here. He uh, finds out that Allison was passed over for promotion at work in favor of a nurse who's having an affair with a doctor. So later that night, Corey and Michael go to this home and kill the doctor and the nurse. And (laughs) there's a scene here but <laughs> I started laughing because it's like literally as soon as they kill him, mm-hmm. it flashes to like a motorcycle with him and Allison on the motorcycle yeah. together. For some reason in my head, I just pictured Corey and Michael Myers on the motorcycle <laughs> together. Like Corey's driving, Michael Myers has got his hands wrapped around Corey <laughs> going down the highway on the motorcycle. I just started laughing because like in my head, that's what I picture. But it wasn't. It was just timing. and It, right. like, it would have made me die laughing. <laughs> yeah. That would have been Michael Myers on the back of that motorcycle. So, they, um, anyway, I lost my spot. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, okay, he just killed a doctor nurse in the riding mm-hmm. hole. And, um, Lori and starts to see this change in Corey, how he's becoming more like Michael. Michael. Yeah. So, he wants them, Allison, to keep his, her, her distance from him. Right. Well, he... Corey's upset about this. Goes down to the sewer, and one of the most pathetic scenes I've ever seen. Fights Michael Myers and takes his mask. And yeah, it's just I don't know. That scene just 
it was just kind of like, wow, how pathetic. Right. So he takes the mask and goes on a rampage to kill the bullies that were bullying him earlier in the movie. And um, they go back to the Strode house. Lori um, fakes as a suicide attempt because she knew Corey would come out after her to mm-hmm. stop her because she stopped him from being with Allison. Um, he they get into a fight and Corey stabs himself in the neck to frame Lori for his death, and then Michael appears, retrieves his mask, and up finally killing Corey. And then he, then Michael and Lori fight. They go into the kitchen. Lori manages to pin Michael to the table with a knife slit in his throat. Allison shows up, slits his wrist. So they think, oh, he's dead. No, they want to make sure he's going to be dead. Right. So they take him to an industrial shredder and throw his body in there so it just gets mutilated into pieces. Yeah. And that's how it ends. And I'm going to say... So, I don't think they really did the Michael Myers legacy justice. This, no. This movie should not have been a Halloween movie. Right. It, it reminds me of three. It mm-hmm. shouldn't have been a Halloween movie. It should have been a standalone movie about a, how life events have affected this kid and turned him into a deranged killer. Exactly. And just like three could have been a movie about mass killing people, which is fine. Yeah. The fact you put them both in the Halloween series just doesn't fit because it just does a disservice to them. Again, Michael looks hardly in the movie. Right. And when he is, he's so pathetically weak that it's like, it's such a disservice to him. I was not happy with the movie. I'm giving it a 4 out of 10. I would have to go a step lower and say at least a 3. Yeah. Because, yeah, like I, I mean, this movie in general, I almost feel like with the fact that Halloween Kills came out a year late, I feel like they rushed this movie. Yeah, it just it didn't fit. Because, yeah, yeah, like you said, I've never seen three, especially because of the fact that it had nothing to yeah. do with Michael. Well, see, like, he wasn't even in that at all. Right. Like, he was at least in this one, but, but very was, little. And exactly. when he was, it wasn't him. Right. And, I mean, yes, the mask isn't even technically donned until Corey dons right. it. Yeah. And... Yeah, basically, when Corey kills himself, Michael just casually walks in, takes the mask, and stabs Corey, and then gets killed. Yeah. So now I feel probably when the next anniversary of this movie comes up, they'll probably remake it. Well, they've done it. They did it with H two O, which was twenty years later, right? And then Halloween twenty eighteen was forty years later. Mm -hmm. The next one coming up is fifty. That's a big one. Yeah. So twenty twenty eight, yeah, would be fifty. But so that's a big one. So even though they've been doing it every twenty years, so the next one would, would technically be they want to keep that path would be sixty, right? Twenty thirty eight, yeah. But I guarantee you, um, they'll do something in twenty twenty eight for, yeah. for the fiftieth. Because when they remade one and two, it was pretty much like nothing else. Right. Ever happened. And that's and technically that's the only remake ever done was the two thousand seven. Yeah. Halloween. And and then you said this couple movies was like anything past two never happened? Right. It goes so here's how it goes. It goes the original series, of course, we know three has nothing to do with anything. Right. It's one, two, four, five, six. H two O comes out, says anything after two never happened. 
and then Resurrection follows it. And then we have the remake and its sequel. And then 2018 says anything after the first movie never happened. Followed up by Kills and then Ends. So even though it's called Halloween Ends, the it's what it, what it ends is Laurie is Jamie Lee Curtis is done. Yeah. The guy who played Michael Myers in these films is done. And this production team is done. Right. So they're done with their storytelling. Now, the franchise itself is not going to end because it makes a lot of money. Yeah. Somewhere down the line, somebody will pick it up and do something with it, which my theory is the 50th anniversary will do a remake and continue on with it. So while it's not the end of the films itself, it's the end for this group of actors and production crew. Which I know this has really nothing pertaining to Halloween, but Jamie Lee Curtis has said now that this is done, she actually wants to go through and make a... Friday, uh, Freaky Friday sequel. Oh. <laughs> but that's a whole nother right. can of worms. <laughs> so, yeah, you gave it a four, and I pretty much gave it a three. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe they'll remake it. Maybe they won't, but... It's like, the they just went down. Like, it, like Halloween 2018 was great. Halloween Kills, not so much. Halloween Ends, terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, with the fact that we knew that this one took place four, year, four years later... It probably would have been even worse if Michael just died because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, everything he's been through, COVID's what got him. Exactly. <laughs> well, it'd be hard and hard to breathe in the mask anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> Under that mask. He's already wearing a mask, so does he have to mask up over the mask? I wouldn't think so. I mean, could you imagine Michael Myers with, a, <laughs> with a M95 coming through right. over the mask? Of the right. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it for... What would have been our Halloween episode. Exactly. Okay, and to finish off this episode and get us completely caught up, we also have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, yes. So, this, I mean, it's pretty much sort of just a break between Guardians 2 and the upcoming Guardians 3. And basically, start... Does it start off with the Christmas story that's being told that has the animated Yondu and everything? Yeah, yeah. So, mainly, um, the guy that's technically the leader of the Ravagers now is telling the story of when Peter was pretty much teaching about Christmas. And just the fact that gifts, Christmas tree, animated Yondu walks in... Mm -hmm. And basically destroys all of it. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the present, and uh, Quill is pretty much well. A Christmas song has been has been written by some aliens. Rocket is teaching a talking dog something, <laughs> and then don't remember what Groot's doing. But Drax and Mantis are talking and realize that. Star-Lord's pretty much homesick, mm. and also the secret gets brought out that Mantis is actually Star-Lord's sister. Mm -hmm. So, Drax and Mantis go to Earth to find the legendary Kevin Bacon. Yes, which is, um, which is um, Peter Quill's childhood hero. Yes, and basically are wanting to give him to Quill as a Christmas present. Yeah. So, yes, there's mainly just holiday shenanigans throughout. And 
I mean, this is mainly just a 45-minute thing compared right. to a usual two-hour movie. Right. Or three hours if we go back to Endgame. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, there's not really much to go from on this, except just the revelation that Mantis and Star-Lord yeah. are brother and sister. And then, well, <laughs> he's kind of, like, upset that they got him Peter, or Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Because they realize now that he's an actor and not actually all those people. And so <laughs> he's like, no, you have to take him back. You can't do this. <laughs> so they, when they, as they're taking him back, he realizes that he could help Peter. Mm-hmm. So they go back and they decide to spend Christmas with all and help get Peter back to feeling like himself. Yeah. And so he does. And then they, they eventually take Kevin back, Kevin Bacon back to where he belongs. <laughs> right. But of course, at first, Peter's like, this is kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Nope. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he was thankful for at least the thought, yeah. but it's just, you can't do that. No, no, you can't do that, no. <laughs> so, honestly, just as far as holiday specials go, I mean, technically they're not supposed to have that kind of fighting action type stuff anyways. I would actually put this at least within my favorite holiday stuff probably fourth on my list honestly of of what just favorite holiday stuff in general oh because i know we never really did our top five but i know at least my two three and four two would be santa claus two just because i feel that it's the best of the trilogy Mm mm-hmm the new Santa Claus's series, mm-hmm. and then Guardians Holiday Special. What's one? One. I'm going to have to go with one of the Hallmark movies, which is Moonlight and Mistletoe, which is on the Hallmark Channel. Mm. Five would be Let It Snow, which is also on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Let's see. So, so we're doing our. This is our Christmas special, and more or ha- less, and Halloween special. Yes, into one. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go. Number one's Mickey's Christmas Carol. I love, I love that one. And number two, number two. Oh, Lord. Christmas Story. Okay. Number three. Mm. What else is there? I mean, I'm t- like, uh, I mean, there's the Santa Claus trilogy itself, yeah. but like I said, um, since yeah, I feel... I'll put, I'll put the original Santa Claus. Okay. I like that one. And then number four, I'll go... Uh, what did I just want? Oh, oh, okay, no, scratch that. Number one, still Mickey's. Number two, Home Alone. Okay. One. I'm going to put one and two as one. All right. The same line. Number three... I'll put um, whatever I put is two, which I don't remember now. Uh, Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Number four will be Santa Claus. Number five. Uh, mm, Elf. Okay. Yeah, and you also just had the experience of Elf the Musical. So. Oh, yes, but I don't, I don't need to hear those songs right. ever again. Yeah, but going into the Santa Clauses series, it's actually already been renewed for season two. Oh, cool. So, more Tim Allen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd probably have to say out of any holiday specials I've watched, Tim Allen probably makes the best 
Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know. I mean, I like the I like the trilogy itself, but I just feel like the second one's probably the best out of all three of them. Yeah, just in my opinion. But so, what would you give the Guardians Holiday Special? I'll go eight. I'd probably have to go about the same. Yeah. And then next time we record, we'll go ahead and get Black Adam covered. Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, I think we've got everything caught up now. Yep. So that's our show. So as we always say, keep your eyes peeled, ears open, and stay heroic. Bye. Bye.